Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Welcome to our evening worship service here at Broadway Baptist Church. We're so glad you're able to make it tonight. Open up your Bible to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 4. We are going through the book of Exodus. We're looking here at the life of Moses. We're so glad you and your family are gathered around, either listening on our podcast or listening live on Facebook to our Sunday evening worship service. And we are coming to a passage of Scripture, I believe, that will speak to you greatly, is it's one that uh, just reminds us of God's covenant. We're at this unusual section of Scripture where God was going to kill Moses. You say, what? Kill Moses? Yes. Moses had two sons. Moses was an Israelite. God had given a covenant to all the Israelites, beginning with Abraham's and Abraham's son, Isaac. He was to be circumcised on the eighth day. Now, with that being said, you would think Moses, who's going to be the spokesman to God, to all the Egyptians and to Pharaoh, that he would have followed his uh, uh, grandfather's orders from hundreds of years ago, from God's orders, to circumcise, beginning with with a a covenant to Abraham, and pass down through all the males on the eighth day to be circumcised. But Moses had two sons, and they were not circumcised. So that's what we're going to be looking at. We are reminded in this scripture tonight that we are to live a life of obedience. Maybe God has given you promises that you once would follow, you once held to, and now all of a sudden you're not uh, holding them. So I want to give you some examples so today. Contextualize this. What would be some promises today, some commands of God that maybe in 2021 you aren't obeying like you used to? Think about it. What is every decision that we make? It has to do with money. The question in the back of our mind is, how much does it cost? God requires a tithe from us. That's 10%. So maybe there was a point in your life where you were faithfully given to the Lord 10%, and now for whatever reason, you're not doing that anymore. God is calling and commanding us to return to giving back to the Lord. Not only that, maybe worship attendance. God is calling you and commanding to you that you need to be faithful in your attendance, in your faithfulness here at Broadway. Maybe at one point in your life, you were coming to church regularly and now you've gotten in the habit of not gathering with the saints. God calls us and he commands us to certainly gather together. I'll tell you another one is your prayer life. You know, a prayer journal or some type of maybe an app to be able to follow along regularly, be praying and along with maybe a, a, a devotional prayer life, one point, maybe you were doing that. Now, for whatever reason, you have gotten out of the habit. Remember the beginning of this year? Maybe you started reading God's Word faithfully, but now you're not. Here we are in April, April 11th, and you have gotten out of the habit of reading God's Word. So whatever that is, at one point you were... You were in that covenant community, obeying the Lord, but now you're not. That's one of the problems here that Moses ran into. If he's going to be a servant of the, of the Lord, if he's going to be God's spokesman to Pharaoh, he needs to certainly be um, 
circumcised his two sons. So I want you to follow along here in your Bible. Moses is going to go back to Egypt. And on his way going back to Egypt, God is certainly going to uh, appear to him. So follow along here in your Bible. Then Moses went back to his father-in-law Jethro and said to him, Please let me return to my relatives in Egypt and see if they are still living. Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Who is Jethro? Jethro was Zipporah. That's Moses' wife. That's her father. Jethro was a wise man. Jethro was the one that we learned the leadership principle of delegation. Remember, several, maybe months down the road, Jethro is going to see Moses and all these people are going to be coming to him. He's thinking, man, you need some judges. You need some help. Everybody and their brother doesn't need to be going to Moses with their dinky little problems. Moses set appoint some elders, some other leaders, some judges who can also judge for the people. Everyone doesn't need to come to you. Could you imagine bringing every single Supreme Court case to the Supreme Court? Everyone wants to go to the Supreme Court, but they actually hear very few cases. They end up in other lower courts, in district courts, in state courts, in city municipality courts. And what happens is only certain courses, cases, the tricky ones, end up at the high court in Washington, D.C. So that is who Jethro is going to be. So Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. They're going back to Egypt. Now in Midian, the Lord told Moses, Return to Egypt, for all the men who wanted to kill you, you see, are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took God's staff in his hand. It had been 40 years all of a sudden since Moses had been back in Egypt. Remember, he killed a man, and he had to get get out of town quickly from Pharaoh. And he found himself in Midian, which is on the far side of the um, of, uh, kind of the Dead Sea area. It's in southern um, Saudi Arabia today. So he went a long way. But God's calling him back to go back to Egypt because he is going to appear before Pharaoh and he has a message from the Lord to Pharaoh. When you go back to Egypt... The Lord says, Make sure you do before Pharaoh all the wonders I've put within your power. But I will harden his heart so that he won't let the people go. And you will say to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. I told you, let my son go so that he may worship me. But if you refuse to let him go, look, I'm about to kill your firstborn son. And we know down the road that will be the 10th plague. That is the ultimate threat. God is saying, if you, my people don't go, my son Israel, if my people are trapped in slavery, Pharaoh, if you don't let them go and worship on the mountain of God, all of a sudden your son will die. And if all the firstborn males in Egypt... On that trip, now look at this. This is where it's very interesting. On the trip at an overnight campsite, it happened that the Lord confronted him, meaning Moses. He's confronting Moses and it intended to put him to death. How sad would it be that, you know, you're doing the Lord's work and now the Lord wants to kill you? 
this is odd. I mean, Moses is thinking, God, why would you want to kill me if you've called me to go back to Egypt to obey and could do your commands? So Zipporah, that's Moses' wife. This is Jethro's daughter. Zipporah took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, threw it at Moses' feet and said, you are a bridegroom of blood to me. Meaning, because of your disobedience, Moses, in following the Lord's command, in following the covenant of circumcision, you nearly died. I was almost a widow. So in many ways, this is where a wife, Zipporah, had the wisdom and knowledge that God is about to kill. He is about to kill my husband. I'm going to step in and save him. I'm going to help my husband obey the Lord. Do you shepherd your family? Do you shepherd your wife and your husband that same way? Do you guide them and position them to obey and follow the Lord. Moses was in great trouble with the Lord and Zipporah stepped in. You say, well, what is this? What, what is he talking about? It says in verse, in verse 26, and because we're going I'm going to turn in a little bit to the book of Genesis and we're going to read about this circumcision, what happened with Abraham. So he let him alone, meaning God didn't kill Moses because Zipporah stepped in. At that time, she said, you're a bridegroom of blood referring to the circumcision. The, his sons were supposed to be circumcised and Moses had not done that. Moses is God's representative. Moses is God's spokesman. Moses is supposed to be the one right there speaking on behalf to the Lord for all the people, yet Moses himself, he did not obey the Lord. And I think our biblical principle we see is in our own life, it's easy for us to focus on the fact that we're doing something from God, we're teaching, we're serving, we're active maybe at our church, but in my personal spiritual life, am I obedient to the Lord? God was actually going to kill Moses for his disobedience. So I want you to turn in your Bible. You're there in your Bible in Exodus chapter 4. Flip over to Genesis chapter 17. This is the scripture that we see that uh, God is referring to, to Moses, that he failed to obey. There is a, there's a covenant of circumcision. Remember, the first covenant we see in the Bible is the covenant that God made with Noah. Well, it's the covenant of the rainbow. I will never again destroy uh, all, all the earth through a flood. I'm not going to kill all of mankind like I did with Noah. And the flood. And the next covenant we see coming along is this covenant we see of circumcision. God is making a promise to Abraham, saying, You're, My people are going to be known because they are a circumcised people. And it says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, saying, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I will set up my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you greatly. So this is the covenant. Abraham fell face down and spoke with him. As for me, here is my covenant with you. You will become the father of many nations. And that includes us as nations, as Christians. We are, we are part of this covenant community 
through Christ. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have the Romans says you have been grafted in to this covenant. And we identify with what he's saying as Abraham is our father. Obviously, God is our father, but through Abraham's seed and through that seed all the way down through to Jesus, we identify with this. Your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful and make your nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant that is between me and you and your future offspring throughout their generations. It is a permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. So this is not some temporary thing. This is a permanent covenant. Jewish people today circumcise their sons on the eighth day. This is the covenant of circumcision. They quote this scripture and say, We are to obey the Lord. And to you and your future offspring, I will give the land where you are residing. All the land of Canaan as a permanent possession. And I will be their God. The land of Canaan, the land of Israel... That is the promise that God has given Abraham. And it goes on to say here, God also said to Abraham, As for you and your offspring, after you throughout their generations are to keep my covenant. This is my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you, which you are to keep. Every one of your males must be circumcised. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you is to be circumcised at eight days old, every male born in your household or purchased from any foreigner and not your offspring. Whether born in your household or purchased, he must be circumcised. My covenant will be marked in your flesh as a permanent covenant. This is, this is why boys are uh, circumcised. If any male is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that man will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. So here is, here is Moses who's broken God's covenant and he's about to appear as a representative and he hasn't even circumcised his sons. And God was angry with him. Zipporah knew this and she stepped in and saved her husband's life. Moses was disobedient to the Lord. Moses had not obeyed what God was doing. We are expected to observe God's commands. The Lord is looking for people like you and I who are following him in obedience. Obedience first. We obey the Lord, then we serve him through and out of that obedience. So flip back in your Bible here to Exodus chapter 4. Look at verse 27. We see here that we're going back to Egypt. God has now saved Moses' life. He didn't kill him. Zipporah stepped in and did what her husband was supposed to do. Moses' two sons, Gershom and Eliezer, they lived. They did not pass away. Now we're going to see what God is going to do in uh, we're setting up for the first appearance before Pharaoh. It says here, verse 27, Now that the Lord had said to Aaron, 
Go and meet Moses in the wilderness. So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and all about the signs he had commanded him to do. So Aaron and Moses, who were brothers, three years apart. Aaron was three years older than Moses. They meet again at the mountain of God. This is Mount Sinai. This is the mountain there where God first appeared in a burning bush to Moses. This is the mountain that later on, that when the people come out of, of, of Egypt, they will all gather around Sinai and worship the Lord there. This is the mountain that God will give the Ten Commandments to Moses at. It's in a, the Sinai uh, region in current day Egypt. So this is what they call the mountain of God. It goes on to say here, verse 28, Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and about all that the signs he commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the Israelites. So they travel to Egypt. They travel to Egypt and now they want to meet with the leaders. They're back. They're back in this land of Goshen, which is in northwestern Egypt. It's where all the, uh, the, the um, Israelites were in slavery. And they go there, and they, Moses and Aaron go and say, we need to meet with the elders. We have something important to say. And they meet with the elders of the Israelites. And it says in verse 30, Aaron repeated everything the Lord had said to Moses and performed the signs before the people. Remember, he threw down the staff. It became a snake. He picked up water um, from the Nile and he poured it out. It became blood. He put his hand in his cloak and he pulls it out and it has a skin disease. He put it back in and it's restored again. So all of a sudden, these signs for confirmation, they are allowing these signs to be performed before all the people to show that you are the Lord, that God has sent Moses and Aaron. And the people are, are excited. They're seeing, they, they've been in slavery for 400 years, and now God is sending Moses and Aaron to begin the delivery process of getting God's people out of slavery and to worship the Lord. Who do you know in slavery today in, uh, in Lexington? Who do you know in slavery and spiritual bondage all around us who needs to see a sign from God? Who do you know that needs a healing, that needs a touch? Who do you know in our church needs someone who's having back pain, having, having knee pain, and just needs folks to gather around and pray for the presence and a touch from the Lord? I believe God gives us signs not so we can say, look at me, it's to bring him glory. The Israelites, they sit, witness these signs and look what happens. Look what God's word says. The, they, Aaron repeated everything the Lord said to Moses, verse 30, and performed the signs before the people. The people believed. They believed God. And when they heard that the Lord had paid attention to them and that he had seen their misery, they knelt low and worship. They said, we've been waiting all these decades, all these centuries. We're waiting for our delivery. And now God is beginning the delivery process. 
The staff becomes the snake. The hand becomes leprosy. The Nile River all of a sudden is a sign and becomes blood. God is up to something. The Lord is working. Moses and Aaron are Levites. They're priests and they're going before God representing the people. And that this is the great prophet the Lord has raised up. What's amazing about this is just a day before God was about to kill Moses before his, because of his disobedience. The Lord is not pleased with our disobedience. He's looking for you and I to be men and women of character. He's looking for you and I, not what we can do, not how great we are, but our, in, our, in our private life when no one's looking. On the eighth day, did you circumcise your son? Did you write your tithe check? Did you read your Bible? Did you pray for that person that you said you were going to pray for? Did you go to church even when you didn't feel like it? Even when it was pouring down rain? Even when you didn't have anyone to sit with? God is calling us to faithfully respond to him. Moses needed a wife to come along, Zipporah, and save his life. I want to tell you, if you are married to someone and they are spiritually lost, you need to be praying for your spouse's salvation. Praying for your children to know the Lord. Praying for their to relationship and for them to experience the power and the presence of God. What I love about this passage is that when Moses gets in the right relationship with God, he, he circumcises his sons, he's meeting with the elders, the elders believed and they worshipped. They worshipped God. Signs and wonders, the purpose of those isn't to make someone a great faith healer, it's to cause people to fall down and cry out and kneel down and worship the Lord. Do I believe in signs and wonders? Absolutely. If you say you don't, that means you're saying you don't believe God can do it. If God can do this here in Exodus chapter 4, why can't he do it today? But remember, the purpose of a sign and wonder is to bring glory to Jesus. The greatest sign, the greatest wonder was an empty tomb. God died on the third day as we celebrated it last Sunday. He rose again. Christ is alive. The tomb is empty and Jesus lives for you. Do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Is Christ the Lord of your life? Have you surrendered to him? If not, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that today. I want you to make Christ the most important person in your life. It might be your Zipporah, your wife, your husband's been praying you. And now it's time for you to respond. Wherever you're at, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And you repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you in faith and repentance. I turn from my sin, from my disobedience. And Lord, I turn to you. Lord, save me. Lord, restore me. Lord, you are my redeemer. God, from this day on, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's a prayer of faith, a prayer of confessing. Jesus is, needs to be your Lord and, law, your Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, if you made a commitment, if you want to know more, I want to hear from you. 
fill out our online connection card, give me a phone call, send me an email. I'll be getting in touch with you and letting you know about your next steps and what it means to follow Christ. If you're new to Broadway, I want to tell you, next Sunday, next Sunday morning, after our morning service, we're having what we call a Discover Broadway luncheon. If you've been listening to this online, maybe you watch it in the middle of the week, I want you to join us and sign up online on our website and let us know. You can come right after the morning service. It'll be over at 10, uh, 11.30, 11.45. We have a free lunch. It only lasts one hour, and you can learn any and everything about our church and a way for you to connect and grow in your relationship with the Lord. God bless you. I hope to see you next Sunday as we faithfully, on Sunday evenings online, go through the life of Moses.